0: On this episode of the Breaking the Game Show, Austin and I talk about standards in the NBA. We get into coaching changing rumors. We get into the play in tournament and complaints that have been going on with that. We talk about Russell Westbrook being snubbed for Eastern Conference Player of the Month. And we talk about award criteria when it comes to all NBA voting. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, powered by Manscaped. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me, as he does every week, is my co-host, Austin Carr. Austin, how you doing today,
1: man? Hey, I'm good, Stephen. That sounds good, man. Powered by Manscaped. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, i yeah. And just to let everyone know we have continued our sponsorship with Manscaped. So just want to encourage everyone to go to manscaped.com, enter in promo code BTG and that'll get you 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.
1: Austin, how great is Manscaped? I'll tell you what, they're one of the best companies, you know I mean? All of their products are top notch uh, and they take care, of, take care of their customers for sure. I mean, 20% off your entire order, free shipping, you know that's a lot of that can be a lot of money, especially depending on how much you buy. So, yeah, you know, it's a heck of a deal, you can't beat it.
0: And just to let everyone know, we do have some breaking news that we'll get into later through the show on behalf you know, of the folks from Manscaped. It's a pretty big, I don't deal. even know what it is yet. Don't even know what it is. Oh. I, I have it sealed in an envelope right now, so we'll be learning as the same time as everyone else. So, it is pretty groundbreaking, exclusive never seen before content that we're going to be bringing to you here on it breaking is. the game. But Austin today's show is entitled standards and you know, just to let everyone know up front, we're probably going to run a little bit longer than our lot of time here on the nothing but that channel on dash radio. So I want to encourage everyone to go and look up breaking the game anywhere podcasts are available. Please go give us a five star review, leave us a nice comment, subscribe and share it with your friends so you can tell them what a great job that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And just before we get going, our buddy Kenneth at Shooter Shoot Basketball pods at Austin 316 hey. said, I'm fired up and ready to go. So, Austin, yes, we're starting with standards today, and we couldn't get started about standards. Then the ones who on the basketball team should be leading the charge in terms of standards. And that first off is the head coach in Portland. That's Terry Stotts. So, Austin, news recently broke that barring some sort of deep playoff run, Portland may look to move on and replace Coach Stotts after the year. A few names that have been rumored to be in consideration are Jason Kidd, Nate McMillan, who once upon a time coached there, um, right. Dave Yeager, uh, Chauncey Billups, and Brett Barry. Now, Austin, before we get into kind of the kind of cloak and dagger aspect behind Terry Stotts and he might be moving on, what do you what did you think about the news initially?
1: Um, it's not surprising. I mean, I feel like he's he's kind of had his time there to get to get to a point where they're more of a contender than they are. He's had a lot of teams now where I think going into the season, there's been some big expectations and and it just hasn't panned out really. And this season has been rough. I mean, a lot of people had them picked really, really high off the after the off season. I, I didn't really think that their off season additions helped any of their issues, which were defense and Robert Covington a little bit, but they've had the, one of the two worst historically, one of the two worst defenses of all time this year. So I think that kind of sounds bad for the, you know, doesn't bode well for the coach. Historically bad defense, a team that's underachieved. I mean, they're not going to get rid of Damian Lillard, I don't think. And (laughs) and they're pretty, pretty, must be pretty hurting for money if they, you know, couldn't possibly pay Gary Trent Jr., which is the only thing I've ever heard for a reason why they traded him. So I don't know how else to really improve a roster that you don't, have a whole lot you can do with other than to try to get a new leader. So, I mean, I don't like any time a coach gets fired. Really? There may be one coming up here later that I might <laughs> not be too feel too bad about. It's pretty interesting, but you know, he's favorite, had, he's like, one yes. of our favorite names in the NBA right now. Yes. But not, not most other people's. No,
0: not at all, yes. especially on his team, apparently. Right. But anyway, before we get too caught up into that, we'll move on with uh, the Terry thoughts conversation. Yeah. And again, we're getting great feedback. Just appreciate everyone writing into the show. Our buddy Kenneth says Get Lillard, barrel, Lillard yeah. is overrated. I disagree. And then our buddy Mo first off said the guys and gave us a little flex symbol. You know, yeah. he's got the guns and Mo is also saying Dame to the Knicks feeding into the Knicks frenzy that we have on the off the ball network. It's a great place to be if you're a Nick yeah. fan, but Speaking of Damian Lillard and kind of trade rumors and stuff like that, there's no trade rumors, but Damian Lillard recently came out and said that he still supports, that's his own words, the quote-unquote still supports Stotts, but he also stated, as far as the big picture, I'm not in control of how that happens. I'm just one person, Lillard said, but I do know I'm someone who needs to be contributing to us making an effort to improve our defense. And that's all I can do, Austin. Is that all the star player of an NBA team can do? Just be a guy, go out there and play basketball, have no say so at all on what makes him happy. You know, the cast is uh, you know the coach that he has around him. Is that poor? Is that all poor little Damian Lillard can do? Is just you yeah, know, play his I, game
1: at this moment. That's what he's gonna say. You know, that's the that's the line for NBA stars. It's they're just another guy when something's you know out of their control that they don't want to deal with but in contract time comes around, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I feel like this is my team. I'm the man on this team. I lead this team. You know, you hear all those, (laughs) all those lines, but then when something else is some controversy that they don't want to be a part of, it's just, you know, all I do is play basketball here. I don't do anything else. And I think Damian Lillard is in a kind of a unique position where he's, he's one of the only people on his team that really has much, should have much room to talk about anything. I feel like Damian Lillard goes out there and Gives 110% every time he's on the court. And you look around and you see a lot of guys on, in Portland jerseys just standing there on defense looking at each other. And he's, he is partially right. The coach has a lot to do with defense and, and effort and guys not wanting to play for the coach or not even that. Just it gets stale. I think everybody in Philadelphia liked Brett Brown. I think all the players, you know, liked playing for him as a coach. But it got to the point where the hearing the same things over and over, you get set in your ways, you get comfortable with certain things that maybe are not the best things to be comfortable with. And it's just how it goes. I I don't, I don't think I expected anything more from Lillard coming out and, you know, either defending or damning his coach one way or the other. He just kind of stayed right in the middle, like they usually do. And, I mean if he if he came out and gave, you know, said he has 100% has my support, I want him as my coach, like that would probably cause a lot of issues in the offseason if they do really want to get rid of him. And you know, I don't just don't think that Lillard and Stotts kind of have that kind of a relationship, I think Dame Lillard's probably to the point where he's pretty fed up and not winning more and stayed in Portland and says he wants to win there. Everybody says he's good enough, so I I mean, hopefully For him, if it does happen, then a new coach will uh, help make it happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about, you know, Damian Lillard, his impact on the team, you know, maybe trying to force his way um, into a position to where he can make the move out. Our buddy Mo from the off the ball network. you you think that? uh, I'll get to that. I just want to quote Mo real quick. So he says, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Lillard spoke all that loyalty. Now he has to ease his way out. Um, Before I give my opinion, I also want to throw in another wrinkle. So, like, there's more and more to this. Um, As people know who follow the NBA and are close to following players, they'll know that he and Yahoo Sports reporter Chris Haynes are pretty tight friends. Mm -hmm. And Chris Haynes apparently came out with an article about a week ago Um, that was talking about the way that Portland hasn't really done a great job supporting Damian Lillard and that over the last nine years that Stotts has been in control, that Lillard has not received any help or received the help that he needs to win a title. And uh, since that article came out, Damian Lillard kind of said, you know, I would expect people to think that I had something to do with this since Chris Haynes and I are friends. I didn't, you know, have any, like he basically denied any allegations that he was involved with this, but both what we're seeing, and we've seen this with stars throughout you know, history, Austin, is that mm-hmm. when you connect all these little bread breadcrumbs, it does kind of look like Damian Lillard is up to something because his buddy Chris Haynes put out this article, and then on top of that, Lillard saying that, you know, I'm not really in control of that as far as big picture goes. That's not my bag. When you start piecing these little things together, man, I, I think that this is... Basically Damian Lillard's last ditch effort to Portland saying, I would love to stay here. Things have to change. You guys need to do a better job of surrounding me. I mean, it's long it's long been documented and speculated and conjectured that CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, the pairing as fun as it may be to see them go off on some nights, that's not really a defensive backcourt. You know, um, they're kind of it's a little bit of duplicity. They kind of step on each other's toes as far as skill set goes. And then they traded Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell, which again gave them a little bit more of the same thing. Um, it cut down on their versatility. it gave them more scoring, which isn't necessarily what they needed. They needed kind of a you know a, a yeah. dual forward kind of defensive minded, you know game impacting center like maybe say an Aaron Gordon, who has long been speculated to probably go to Portland. and as we know, he is now in Denver. I don't know. I think that Damian Lillard is making his voice heard a little bit louder than what he probably normally has been in the past. Uh, being friends with a reporter that is going to keep your involvement a secret because y'all are friends. I think that that's a I don't I don't know if benefit is the right word, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And then on top of that, Terry Stottsman, I mean, if you look at his record in Portland, he's three ninety seven and three seventeen, and has only made the Western Conference Finals once. Now you can point to the Golden State Warriors. You can point to the Los Angeles Clippers and the Houston Rockets, all of those teams that were making their way into the finals. And now you add the juggernaut and the Los Angeles Lakers. It's looking like something's got to
1: shake up. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you're you're Portland. You got to be thinking, well, what's our move? Because we've got to do something to get better. We've got to do everything we can to keep Damian Lillard here. And his seemingly his best friend is on the team is CJ McCollum, the one guy that they could really probably get some serious trade value back for. Sure, that would you know. So they've been hesitant to to split that up. I think they should have split that up two two years ago, possibly yeah. after th- whatever year they made the fi- the Western Conference Finals. The next year when they completely flamed out should have been done after that. I feel like, however long ago that was. So I just think that those two guys together are both so, you know kind of redundant exactly i thank you that's what i was looking for they're like copycats of each other for one Mm -hmm. they're both not the biggest guards so it's not like they both have great size because you could say a lot of these things about paul george and kawhi leonard but they're both big versatile forwards that can play all over the court and do all kinds of. and they're good on defense sure and you know they're both limited on defense so you'd like to put a guy that is just you know a big physical kind of a dog on defense with a damian lillard you know, think about how Steph Curry's had Klay Thompson. He's been, who's guarded the best perimeter player on his team every game, basically yeah. of their, most of their career. And think if Dame had that like, the, and their defense would be significantly better. And I mean, we knew with Cantor that they weren't going to get any, any defense from him. Um Carmelo's not going to play any defense. Not, not at this stage in his career. Not at if this he, state. Even yep. if he feels like it, he can't probably <laughs> real well anymore. And, so you know this team was always going to try to run up the score on everybody, but at the same time, it didn't make sense when you had what was kind of to me blossoming as like a pseudo big three three guard set with Gary Trent Jr. I mean he was he was playing terrific in McCollum's uh, injury time. Imagine if McCollum's out there. And then the defense is even more focused on him and Lillard, and then how much, how many open shots Gary Trent would get in that offense, and who are who are you going to pick to beat you? It's one of these three, because all three of them can shoot the lights out, and we can only probably stop two of them. And I just think it would have been fun to see for a little while. Um, Portland's just not quite there. So I guess what do you got to do? Get up, get rid of the coach.
0: Yeah, and we've seen other teams that have basically have look to elevate themselves that are in small markets that aren't free agent destinations. And basically all you can do if you don't get rid of your start is to make the coaching change. That's the first step whenever you're kind of stagnant. And if you look at the standings right now, currently the Portland Trailblazers are in seventh place. They're a half game back. To the Los Angeles Lakers, who are going to be without LeBron James again for some extended time. So it's very well possible that the Portland Trailblazers avoid the play-in tournament but if they stay the sixth seed, their first round is against the Denver Nuggets. And again, the the reports have been saying, barring a deep playoff run, Terry Stotts is in trouble. And I just want to remind everybody that at OffTheBallNetwork.com, before any of these reports even came out, I went through and put my seven coaches that I believe were to be on the hot seat, and almost every one of them that have been named except the next guy made the list, and – I'm surprised that the next guy did make the list, Austin. And that is your hometown, Indiana Pacers. And Nate Bjorkren is looking like he's going to be in trouble in year one. So, Austin, before I get to your take, I just want to let people know that news is beginning to circulate that Coach Bjorkren is in trouble in terms of his future with Indiana. Reports state that his relationship with key players needs work, but they cite that the coach is willing to work on that. So there's a little bit of that kind of hopefulness in the writing. Um, And something that I found interesting, Austin, and I didn't even realize this, is that T.J. Warren Warren supposedly requested a trade when it was announced that Bjorkman was going to be named the head coach. Apparently, he had a previous working experience during his time in Phoenix. Apparently, Nate Bjorkman was one of the assistant coaches over there. And there's also speculation that when he opted out into surgery, that part of the reason, I'm not going to say all of it, but part of the reason was because he wasn't looking forward to working with Nate Bjorkman again. And Austin, I want to get your take before we kind of get into even more of what's going on in Indiana under mm-hmm. Nate and there.
1: Yeah. So um, just, it's been crazy. Uh, the whole situation, <laughs> like not what you would expect at all. It's a chink in the armor of the, the Nick nurse coaching tree, if you will. Mm. Um, you know, all we've heard is good things about everybody that's ever worked with Nick nurse or played for him and coached with him and all, you know, this guy won at every single level. He, was w- worked with Nick nurse and it kind of sounds like he's a guy that was really, really good at being on the good side of his bosses and not so much with maybe the players mm-hmm. or maybe he just, when he was in that lead role, it doesn't work for whatever reason. But, uh, um, w- without really, you know, mixing words too much, everything you hear around here is there's no way in the world. He's going to be the coach here next year. I mean, I like I've heard I've heard things from play that players have said we've seen stuff on the court now last like I think just last night that Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily right towards Bjorkren, but it was towards his staff. And that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. (laughs) And it just imagine if there were if there were, you know, 19,000 people in the building and or it was in New York and not Indiana. How much more people would be talking about that? 100 percent. It's just he apparently they don't like his the his attitude is what I is what I read. They said that his message doesn't come across as like genuine and that the players really, really don't they like ha- can't accept his message for whatever reason and don't really want to play for him. And I've kind of feel like that's how it's looked on the court.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And it's weird because this lets you know the state of the NBA. And I don't want to sound like one of those old heads that say, you know, back when. I first started watching basketball as different, but it's kind of weird that your coach can be in hot water because he's just not Mm -hmm. like the nicest guy. It's funny to me because I remember being in high school, man, my high school coach would call me every name, you know, under the sun. Mm -hmm. And I was, I would still just keep playing basketball
1: and try harder. Right. So it's just weird to me how, but did you have a good relationship with that coach? Did you want to play for him? Like you want to work hard for him? See, that's the thing. And and I don't think it's just that he's, Probably you know yelling at guys or saying Being things they violent. don't want to hear. Yeah. If it were just oh he's too tough on the team and it felt like that, uh, I'd be probably killing. Seen that players. with Jim
0: Boylan in Chicago though.
1: Yeah, that's true. The whole and he got he got his block. chair he got his fair chance though. He was there for more than more than just this, <laughs> more first than a year like that. <laughs> yeah. And and it and in that situation, it was just the players didn't like his style. It wasn't like everything you're hearing about this is like even down to like the lunch room workers don't like the way that he talks to people and don't like the way he talks to them and and you know office people and people within the organization that like the only other time i ever heard anything like that was in golden state when they all said after mark jackson left that nobody really liked him Mm. and and that didn't even sound nearly as contentious or rough as this has sounded so it's it's something that i don't know that i've ever really seen to this level because they were winning in,
0: in Golden State still. So, so winning True. helps a little bit and buys you a little True. bit of time. But with what we're seeing in Indiana, I mean, right now they're 30 and 35, five, they're ninth place in the Eastern Conference Um, after going 45 and 28, being the fourth seed um, last season. And before I get into who used to coach and how they're probably missing him a little bit, right. a little bit of baby comeback uh, action going on there. Other things are going on underneath um, Nate Bjorken, who, Again, when you're put in this position, you got one of only 30 jobs in the entire world available. Um, it's not always fair that other people can kind of be your responsibility, but, I mean, that's what you get paid the big bucks for, and mm-hmm. that's what you signed on for. Um, longtime assistant uh, Billy uh, Bano resigned earlier this season. Austin, you probably remember this when it happened, mm-hmm. because he allegedly didn't want to work with Nate Bjorkgren anymore. He just quit, and there's not very many assistant coaching jobs, especially in the middle of the season, that you can just okay. go and get. And then also, Austin, you touch on this, that current assistant Greg Foster was suspended for how he handled an altercation with uh, Goga Bataze after Bataze hit a three and basically told him to sit the bleep down. Yep. And uh, Greg Foster was about re- ready to come to blows with Bataze on the court. Um, and that's a reflection a little bit of the culture that Bjorkeren has not instilled. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the level of communication, the level of respect between both sides, you know, the coaching staff and the players, that doesn't reflect
1: well upon his leadership style. No, it doesn't. And regardless of how uh, the Pacers did in the playoffs the last few seasons, one thing when you watch them is you never questioned their their heart or their willingness to be in that game or their Mm -hmm. work ethic, things like that. It was, are they good enough? And I think last year, a lot of people saw that, hey, you know, we weren't healthy all year. We were without some bonus in the playoffs, but for a long part of the season, we were probably good enough. And then this year comes along, and it's like expectations were fairly high. I was pretty, you know, gung ho for the Pacers this year, and thought they their coaching started well too.
0: The season I thought started their coaching
1: well. move was the perfect move because I look at a team. I looked at the statistics, and two years in a row they were in the top five in three point shooting as a team, mm-hmm. and in the bottom five in attempts. And this year for. This almost mainly the same guys. Um, They're taking a lot more threes and missing way more of them than they made than they were the season before. So that didn't work out for whatever reason. And this year, definitely, especially since at least after the all-star game, I'm, I know my, you know, my article probably, probably hurt some people and that's probably part of the reason they're not playing as well, but (laughs) uh, the whole all-star thing, but ever since then, they just kind of have uh, seemed listless out there like they're they're just out there to going through the motions and whatever foster said to batazzi last night really upset him huh because i mean you don't see that a whole lot right in the middle of the game on the court is pointed right at him like that like he wanted to make sure everybody that was there knew from a european
0: player too right Right. like how often do you see a european european player just behave in such a way and
1: one who's recently especially had gotten a lot more playing time and shouldn't really have a whole lot of reason to be too frustrated with anything like he's he's kind of you know benefited from their season not being what they expected so it's it's crazy the whole the whole thing's pretty pretty contentious i think and it's not very often you hear anybody say anything bad about like like personally about people in sports like this especially coaches and so when you hear that stuff it kind of raises some alarms for sure
0: yeah, and what's also interesting, Austin, is that we were talking about Portland and how there's already names starting to circulate in, and we are we don't have that with Indiana. Now, you know that Indiana can be a little bit of cheap when it comes to spending money on head coaches. I mean, you being in Indiana, you realize this. In Portland, they have a star, like a legit star, like a top 20 player in the NBA. I think we can say 100%. that and 100%. agree upon that. Um we may vary on where we have them, but I think at the end of the day, we agree he's top 20. So you have a top 20 player. There's only 30 teams in the NBA. So you're in a good situation with that, right? You have to make him happy. Portland's in a situation, you know, GM Olshay has to make the, the moves to make him happy or he has to go. Um, in Indiana, you don't have necessarily a star player. You have all-star level players, but you don't have like that top 20 player in the NBA, you have a lot of good, talented two-way players, but again, no no star. And the and as far as we know based on history, that the last time Indiana has spent money on a coach was Larry Bird. And that was, you know, a long, long time ago. Larry Bird. Yeah. So with Larry Bird, that was a long time ago where he was coaching, was, you know, coach of the year at one point. We know that some players are injured. We know that players are gonna come back. And reports have stated that Bjorkren is by all means like trying to improve what he is doing do you think that it's possible that nate stays one more season or do you think that it's just too much damage has been done
1: um it really depends on like you know those exit interviews they do at the end of the season if the mm-hmm. players are fed up and aren't, aren't going to do it and don't want don't want to play for this guy kevin pritchard's had had some time there now and he's had some chances. He's probably got to be thinking, Hey, you know, I've got to get this one, right? We can't waste another, another season with this guy. I think a lot of fans were really, really upset that they didn't go after like a Mike D'Antoni. They just wanted, wanted a big name because the Pacers, Pacers don't do that. But in their defense, most of the time then they do this coach this new coach or guy that maybe is, doesn't have a big name it works out fairly well for him. Uh, Vogel was good. Um Rick Carlisle I think got his yeah. it wasn't his first head coaching job. I think it was, but you know, he was good there. And Nate McMillan wasn't by any means a, a young inexperienced head coach, but Nate McMillan gets such a bad rap. I don't need to get into all that. I just feel like they've been pretty good at getting these Guys that are a little lesser known and and developing them, I guess. It's, I don't know if that's the right word, but the, they work out. Yeah, and this just absolutely did not. So I could really easily see him switching gears and saying, "Okay, we're going to get a proven name right now to make sure give give our guys one more good chance at this. We tried this way; it was a disaster. I got to do something. Let's do this."
0: Yeah, and again, you know, the whole "baby come back" song comes comes mm-hmm. to mind when you just brought up Nate McMillan. It's crazy that. Indiana cut. made the run that they did with injuries. You know, how how much better do you think this team would have been this season with Nate McMillan adding, let's just say that Karis LeVert ends up on this team too with Brogdon, LeVert, you know, Warren, Sabonis, Turner. Like, that's a good squad. And then you have, you know, the Holidays come off the bench. McConnell come off the bench. Lamb come off the bench. McDermott come off the bench. Under a Nate McMillan who – in Atlanta, since he was named the interim coach, has gone 23 and 10, along with being the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference when last season, they only won 20 games and were the 14th seed.
1: Right. And this is what I wanted, was, gonna, was thinking about Nate McMillan. Like, he gets this horrible rap for his playoff losses. He was an eighth seed once. He lost to Tim Duncan once. He lost to Carl Malone once. And he lost to Chris Webber once. And then he lost to the Heat that went to the finals. Like,
0: he's lost to the teams that you like your job. It's like if we're going to talk wrestling, to
1: teams that went to the finals year after year.
0: Yeah. If you're like to put it in wrestling terms, he he's supposed to put them over. You know what right. I mean? Like they're the supposed to rise to the top and be the champions in the NBA. He has not lost to a subpar team or yeah. a th- or a team without any talent. He has lost to tremendous,
1: tremendous teams. Right, and he's he's a coach that can get the most out of your young team that mm-hmm. you know is on its way up, or that you will guide you want to figure out if these guys are going to be our guys or not. Like Nate McMillan's perfect for that, and we don't really even know that he wouldn't be great with a like a championship level team because he's, he's hardly never ever been, been a, a top spot. seed. He's yeah. never. I mean, I don't remember a time that that he's been in, uh, the coach and his team has had first round home court advantage even maybe oh,
0: the oh. Portland trailblazers with Roy. I and think one time is, with yeah. Portland,
1: but it's just, you know, so it'd be amazing. Wouldn't it be if Kevin Pritchard somehow got him to come back next year? If the Hawks don't keep him. Well, the trailblazers are already courting him, Apparently. Yeah, I'm sure. If I, if I, can't I think they McMillan's by far the, the name I'd go after first on that list. You, you named off. I love mm-hmm. Chauncey Billups. I hope he gets his shot. I, I, yeah. I like seeing new guys get a chance. But if, if I could get Nate McMillan, I'm getting Nate McMillan.
0: Yeah, because you know that you're going to have a good team. And look at Atlanta again. They're a half game back of the fourth seed. You know, right. And again, you talked about a, a, a young team. What did we hear all season long under Coach Pierce is that you know John Collins wasn't happy with the way that Trey Young was playing basketball. Trey Young and Coach Pierce didn't get along with one another, right? right? And now all of a sudden you insert Coach Nate McMillan. And they're six and four in their last games. They're on a the three-game winning streak, and they have a winning record on home. And they're
1: three games away from having a, a winning or a, a away record. And you know, a couple months ago, it, if I was a Knicks fan going into these playoffs, I'm looking at that first round matchup with Atlanta and mm-hmm. saying, "Ooh, baby, I want that." Not now.
0: I think you they want like,
1: Boston. It, yeah, I, and I think they could. And Miami would be fun too. I think. Yeah. Uh, Boston, yeah. I don't know though. Um, sorry, uh, Nate McMillan. That's right. That's what we're talking about. Nate McMillan. <laughs> If he, imagine if he was still with the Pacers this year, though, that's where I was oh, going. Oh man, with that. yeah. Um, you know, great LeVert, start this season. That. They absolutely won that trade for Kyrie Levert. If he's if he was healthy all year, I mean, he's younger than Oladipo. He, he his contract is much less. He's under control for two years longer. He's uh, his. Uh, averages are higher he's a better shooter and i mean he's everything victor oladipo kind of was before he got hurt and i i I think that's what's weird is kevin pritchard makes these good moves i think with this roster i think they've got a solid roster um i hope and pray that if they get rid of yes i did i i got mo rates in and said Austin got cut up with the knicks i got distracted by the knicks but uh haven't we all You know, I I hope and pray that if they're going to trade one of those two big guys that it's Sabonis and not Turner, but I just see it being Turner. I love Sabonis and he's an all-star, but the numbers kind of show that they're the same exact team with him on the bench as they are with him on the court. Their plus minus is almost identical. And with with Turner, their analytics, I like them a lot more. So I, I don't know. We'll see what they do. Um, but I would have just loved to see McMillan with this team this year. I think they could they could have easily challenged for even, maybe even the third spot this year.
0: Yeah, with that being said, they're two games back of the Charlotte Hornets for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, so not all hope is lost under Nate Bjorken, but it certainly is not looking great. So, Austin, before we keep going, and... Please tune in because we're going to talk about the play tournament and everybody has been lamenting this thing, apparently. And we're going to I'm sure this is where we're going to spend a good part of our evening. But right. before we do, Austin, we have breaking news from Whoa. the world of Manscaped. All right. So we do. We, we we're sorry. Not sorry. We're going to interrupt this programming with breaking news. This is an important public service announcement brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your public service announcement and the news that you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped Engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 what? Austin, which is now available for purchase in the United States and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago today. Today was the release date, Austin, wow. and we are the we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide. You're looking and talking to two of them right now with this exclusive offer just for you. That's 20% off and free, not just shipping, Austin, but worldwide shipping Wow! with the code BTG at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new Ford Auto, and I'm blown away with the performance, the craftsmen, and the details on it. Our next level, their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk and his engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. What makes this trimmer different than all other trimmers, you might ask, is that this new multi-function on-off switch can give you an engaged travel lock and is created for people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on the 400, or excuse me. 4,000 LED spotlight on and off whenever you need a more precise shape. A trimmer, or excuse me, the trimmer allows you even to customize your trim all over through additional guard links with sizes one through four. Mm. And looks wise, it's sleek with two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamped black chrome manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and you don't even have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Did I mention, Austin, this thing has wireless charging? The lawnmower what? 4.0 is new wireless charging oh, system. Awesome. It uses electromagnetic induction, which can help the battery length last even longer than before. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmers, it's time to make some changes. First, get 20% off and free shipping with code BTG at manscaped.com. And no one wants to end up with their pubes in their mouth and your balls will thank you. Austin, what did you think about that exclusive breaking news?
1: So, I can't think of another company or another product that, as soon as they come out with the, uh, you know, a brand new thing, they immediately give you 20% off and free shipping. Usually, the brand new thing is the only thing you can't get 20% off of. So, it's, it's pretty awesome that you guys still get that great deal. Um, I I'm glad you t- talked about that travel thing with it because I couldn't figure out what they could possibly improve from the 3.0. So um, it, it is cool looking. I got to see a picture of it. It does look pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, as always, feel good in your hands. Like Thanos says, it's balanced like all things should be. Right. You don't have to wince. You got a dope LED light. It's waterproof. It's versatile. It looks good. It feels good. Oh, jeez. Yep, you could personalize it. You can, you know... You can do the whole bonsai thing if you're into that, you know, little Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off, whatever you're right. into, you can get it with the folks over at Manscaped. So please go to manscaped.com. Hey, dude, I'll
1: tell you, I can't tell you. There's been several times where really I have turned down offers to buy cards on the Internet because how expensive the shipping is from like Canada and other countries. So worldwide free shipping is is a heck of a deal, too.
0: Yeah. So again, please go to manscaped.com, enter in promo code BTG. That'll let them know that we sent you and we will hook you up with a great deal that's 20% off and free worldwide shipping at Manscaped. And our buddy Mo says, Y'all are hilarious. We try our best. Manscaped basically sells
1: itself. Dude, they just gave us awesome. Like we just officially (laughs) get started with them and they they dropped that in our lap. Like, how could they get any better?
0: Dude, yeah, we just got started with them and they're saying, Hey, look. You know, we want to unveil this new product with you guys. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Mo Murphy, who is writing in over at Up in Flames podcast. He can get you that deal, too. But you got to tune into his show to figure out how to be able to do it. So go look up Up in Flames pod, wherever podcasts are available. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And not only we have a good time learning some things, but you'll get hooked up with a great deal over there. All right, Austin. So we learned about Manscaped. Learn about taking care of yourself. How else can we talk about taking care of yourself other than your professional image? Now, Austin, LeBron James, in his second game back from the longest absence in his NBA career, he sounded off about the play-in tournament. He stated that it doesn't matter if they are fifth or sixth place or that playoff thing, and I'm quoting him, that playoff thing, whatever it is, whoever came up with that, S dot dot dot, Needs to be fired, but whatever. So Austin, obviously LeBron James is upset. I have a couple reasons. I'm gonna bounce these off of you, and I wanna get your take. Okay. One, his team lost consecutive games since he returned, and then the next game that he didn't play, they won that very next game. Mm-hmm. Two, the team has gone two and five since AD's return, and they play tonight. If you're listening, you're hearing us on Friday. So today, when we're recording this, is Thursday. They play the Clippers tonight. So obviously, some of these stats may change one way or the other. Um, so the team is 2-5 and five since 80s return. Three, not only did he lose two consecutive games, but Austin, they were to Sacramento and Toronto. Now, I will say Sacramento was on a four-game win streak, so maybe they're figuring something out where teams are just looking to kind of meld it in against where they're playing them. Um, but they're two non-playoff teams. And then finally, Austin, it's a possibility, but maybe not likely, but it is possible that the Lakers could be in the playing tournament. Now, all of those things are kind of factors that i have in mind for why he might be upset what do you think
1: well first off the kings are winning games because as soon as they're out of it and uh you know need to try to tank to get a top pick they do kings things and win games they don't want to win that's why but anyway like the, like the timberwolves um, yeah exactly i was gonna say that just like the timberwolves now now <laughs> and it doesn't matter you guys win good job um so i think lebron might be a little bit more hurt than they want to let on and he's pulling something, an, an old trick out of the bag to kind of get the media's attention over here. Well, oh, Hey, you know, we, we didn't play good those two games because I, I can't go. My, my ankle's not good. And he's back out. And, you know, like you said, as soon as he, he went back out, they won. And that might be because he, he was a, you know, a liability out there. And if that's the case, the Lakers are 100% in trouble because we've seen this song and dance a thousand times. Anthony Davis isn't taking them to the finals this year without LeBron. and, if if that's the case then the you know like i said this is going to be a really interesting western conference playoffs if if lebron's not healthy the lakers are are still like even though you know they're what six or seven games over 500 about to be maybe in this play in tournament i think a lot of a lot of people around the nba and myself included still feel like if they're if they're healthy they're the they're the team to beat for sure so um it could be that or it could be tongue in cheek, completely, and LeBron just playing a joke on everybody. And I and I don't think it is this because I don't think he's smart enough to think of this. But he was—he's he, intelligent. He I is, so he he's he intelligent. I'm not going to say, all say all he's an not, evil not genius. And this would be kind of evil genius, a different kind of intelligence. Um, you know, two a year ago or whatever it was, he claims to had this conversation, bringing up this idea of the play in. He may have been talking about himself when he said, "Whoever created this idea needs to get fired." That was something that I heard that I thought was interesting, but regardless, I don't. I'm not here for it. I don't want to hear any NBA players complaining about an extra game. I don't care if it's two games. I don't care if you feel bad that you were battled for the eighth seed and wanted to, you know, deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, if you deserve to be in the playoffs, you should have gone and won that one more game. We're not asking for a whole another seven game series. We're not asking for, uh, you know, an extra month to the season. It's one more game. I mean, come on. Or if you it, have it, an off night, you have one more chance to redeem yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's it's caused so many teams other years that would be completely out of it to continue to play hard, yeah. and and, and it, it, towards the end of the season. And I think we're gonna have some pretty interesting, you know, seeding battles here coming down the stretch. And the, these playing tournaments are looking like they're gonna be pretty exciting. So I'm just I'm I'm tired of hearing professional athletes talk about how much rest they need i'm i i'm not here here saying oh in the 80s and the 90s everybody played every game and they were real men i don't i don't care about that i'm just sick and tired of hearing about it really
0: yeah and i think people are getting a little bit of that regular season fatigue now because they can see we can see the finish line austin the playoffs are in the distant future you know we can we can see them coming Right. And we just, we basically know almost who's going to be where. Granted, a couple teams are still
1: fighting, like you said, for. You were for the seating. first person th- that brought up to me the fact that the first and second seeds won't know who they're playing. And that's, that's, I like that wrinkle a little bit. Well, yeah.
0: So let's dive in on that because right now, LeBron James, we'll touch on another couple people who are voicing about how this playing tournament is unfair. My humble opinion, Austin, is that what used to be the biggest reward for you for, com- you know, competing all season long trying everything, especially now, right? With COVID protocols, you know, you're trying to mind your P's and Q's, you know, trying not to let your teammates down, trying to do the right thing. So right now, Utah and Phoenix, they're in a battle for the number one and two spots right now. When their season is over, they have no idea who they're going to be playing against. And what kind of reward is that for the best teams who have done everything that they could, you know, they've stayed healthy. They've stayed out of trouble. They've played well together. I mean, we talk about, Utah and Phoenix, these are some of the most fun teams that we could watch all season long this year. Mm-hmm. They've worked the hardest. Their coaches have put in all the time, effort, and energy enable in, in order to enable their teams to be where they are. And when the season's over, they have no idea, Austin, if they're going to play LA, Portland, Memphis, Golden State, you know, San Antonio or New Orleans Orleans. Right. They have no idea who they're going to play against and what kind of reward is that for being the best teams in the in right. the conference.
1: That's it is. It, this is kind of a a perfect storm situation for that scenario. You know, that, this thing we're talking about too. Because if if we're sitting here and and the Spurs and the Pelicans are going to be seventh and eighth, and you're not sure which one you're going to play, it, th- is that that big of a deal? Which one they're going to play? I think they can. They're pretty confident they're going to win that series. Sure, either team. But now you got the Lakers that might and Dallas that could possibly be in this play. Portland. Term. Portland. Golden State, Golden I mean, State could get hot for a game. Wouldn't it does it does kind of put you at a little bit of a disadvantage for a number 1 or 2 seed to find out, you know, right beforehand, hey, now we're playing LeBron and Anthony Davis instead of we could have been playing DeMar DeRozan and a, a bunch of young guys. You know, no offense to them, but it's a completely different series. And so this is gonna be very interesting, but I love it. I'm I'm here for all the drama. I like all this stuff. I think it's great for the fans. Mm-hmm. I think the a big argument for a long time has been how meaningless the regular season feels because Thank you. it's a long, long regular season. And the for the last two weeks of the season, you already most years you know where eighty percent of the playoff field is gonna be and who it is gonna be. And we're to that point now, and we're not sure really where anybody's going to finish, who's going to be in this thing or not. And normally it wouldn't matter where they're going to finish really in the big picture. But now it's like, you got to finish here to stay out of this thing if you don't want to be in it. And it's just brought excitement all around. I love it.
0: Yeah. And a couple of things that I want to add on before we continue (laughs) down our our notes here is that we have about maybe six teams at the most who are looking to tank. Whereas in previous years Mm -hmm. you had about what? 10, 12 teams, right? looking to improve their draft standing yeah you know and it's ugly basketball everyone complains that like I can't watch you know in the I can't watch the NBA come March April May I can only watch the front of the year and I could and then I tune in for the playoffs now okay. you have a you have a race where for let, let's see here for fifth sixth and seventh they're all within a game of each other mm-hmm. and then a couple games back you have in the playing tournament you have Grizzlies are 14 and a half games back Golden State's a half game back of them and San Antonio's two games back. So right. in the Western Conference, people are still jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. Now if you flip over to the East, is- the Nets are two games back of the first seed, the the <laughs> Milwaukee is one one game back from there. So even in the top 3 teams cuz once you take a step away from them, there's a little drop there, but still the top 3 teams in the Eastern Conference theoretically they could fall in any which way. And right. then in the fourth all the way down to the eight seed, they separate four and a half games. Uh-huh. And then two games back from that is the ninth seed, and then a half game from that is the 10th seed. You okay. don't know what's going to happen until it's done. And I and love that the aspect. The
1: seed in the East is one of the hottest teams right now, and one of the teams that you don't want to see get in. And they are they wouldn't have a chance any other year. They're, they're not getting all the way up to 8th by the end of the year. But they get in that play-in tournament and, and Russ and Beal can beat can be any of the teams they would have to play in a one game thing. And that's exciting to me because otherwise this whole, you know, hot streak that they've been on wouldn't mean really anything because they're, they're not going to make it. But now they've all they got to do ever. All these teams just have are thinking we just have to get in that game and then yep. we can, anything can happen. It's kind of has gives it a little bit of a March Madness feel to it.
0: And I love it because yeah. look, Scott Brooks has more of an incentive than ever to coach his butt off now because right Again, a tenth seed and you and you're out. That may not be enough to keep your job, but it's something you could point to late in the season. Whereas earlier in the year, it didn't look like Washington is going to be where they were. But Austin, I want to focus in on what else LeBron James has said, right? Because this actually, you know, he was actually for the playing tournament last season when it was just the eighth right. seed, you know, having to figure fight it out with the ninth seed. Um, and he said, you know, he wanted to see. Teams like Memphis, Sacramento, New Orleans, and Portland, they wanted to see it battle it out. But in 2018, when he was asked about the play-ins, but in that quote, they was also talking about the mid-season tournament, he said that they were, quote, whack and, quote, corny in 2018. And we know that Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban both spoke out against it. Luka Doncic, back when they were the seventh seed, ever since they've been up to the sixth seed now, you haven't really heard anything out of them. But back when they were the seventh seed, Luke was like, I just don't understand the point of it. You know, maybe you lose two games and then you're out of the playoffs. You know, what kind of thing is that? And then Mark Cuban was a part of the, you know, competition committee who not only voted, but voted unanimously, like shout out to Steph Curry's MVP. You know, no one voted for anybody but Steph Curry. Nobody voted for anything other than to approve this playing tournament. And then Mark Cuban, they just so happened to be the seventh seed and then. They want to kind of squeal about it, and now they're the sixty. You haven't heard from Mark Duhubin or
1: Luca Doncic ever since. No, you haven't, and you haven't really heard a peep out of a team that's not in jeopardy of being in the play-in say a bad thing about it. You never. Excuse heard it me, all. they're in fifth place now, right? Yeah, they're pretty. I think they're pretty yeah. safe, but you haven't heard a, a governor complain about it. They all wanted it. The, mm-hmm. Everybody in the league office wanted it. All Unanimously the fans wanted voted. It. All the fans wanted it in the, the during the time off before the bubble when there was no basketball going on. How exciting it sounded! Until their team, they realized, oh, we're we're going to get you know hurt by this. We don't like this, and that's weak. I'm sorry. Luka Doncic is in his third year in the NBA, and he's a he's got he could be the face of the league in a year or two. Really, he's he's that good enough, and he's I mean he can do anything he wants on a basketball court. And for him to complain about having to play one extra game.
0: In his defense, the current
1: face of the league is doing it right now. Right. And he shouldn't be doing it either. <laughs> so the whole thing with LeBron going back and forth like that, it's either last year he knew that they were trying to do it and was in the league, wanted his help, kind of trying to push it through. They were the number one seed in the West. Yeah, sure. No, right. He had, he had to, to worry about it, say what, what they want to hear. So, every, you know, I make these guys happy because it sounds like two, in 2018, he wasn't for it. It sounds like he's not for it now. Maybe his real opinion is that he just he's he didn't want to do it, but he he's like, hey, I'm never going to be in this situation. It doesn't really bother me. Or
0: maybe his real opinion depends on where he currently is at. Yeah, you know, with his and, team.
1: That's what I was just going to get to. It's or it's just all smoke and mirrors because his is worse than he wants to let on, and that really does worry me.
0: Or maybe the injury, or maybe he's kind of painting this narrative that like. Yep awesome. I'm never going to be a hundred percent again. And then I'm going to go out and put up 35, you know, nine and nine
1: all the way to the, I took the, you know, the seventh or eighth seed all the way to the finals and won a title defied the odds. Like you said, I think, I think LeBron's really, really into defying the odds.
0: Yeah. I mean, we saw what happened when a guy that we're going to talk about here in a minute, Russell Westbrook was averaging triple doubles, you know, consistently and LeBron, instead of just saying, Hey, congratulations, Russell Westbrook. He was like, they hate us, you know, they always count us out. And he put him in a picture with Russell Westbrook, congratulating him alongside LeBron James, instead Mm -hmm. of just being like, hey, bro, you're doing great. Good job. Right. LeBron's one of the most successful,
1: most popular. Underdogs in history. Human (laughs) beings in in history, in the history of really anything, really. I mean, everything he he touches turns to gold, yet he absolutely loves to make it feel like the deck is stacked against him all kid from, Akron, yep. kid from Akron, bro. Yeah, just a kid for Akron, and um, whatever. More power to you. Do what you want. If that's how you need to, you know, motivate yourself. Michael Jordan made up stories that people didn't say about Shaquille
0: about O'Neal. Same thing. Yep.
1: So whatever you need to do to to get yourself to that level, I guess that works.
0: Yeah. And so again, Austin, I mean, we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. You know, Mark Cuban's, Cuban's going Cuban. Yeah, and again, they're going to complain and everything else. But right now, they have an identical record as the Dallas Mavericks, but we know that since Dallas holds a tiebreaker through the season series over them, that if they finish with an identical record, that Dallas will be placed over them. That's why you see them at fifth place. But Dallas and L.A. are tied, so hopefully depending on who loses to who, who wins against who. You know, L.A. at best, being ten and a half games back, the best that they can finish this season, Austin, is fifth place because if you look at the distance between fifth and fourth, that's six and a half games back. Each team roughly has about you know seven, eight games, depending on who's who. Um, there's just you gotta hope that everybody is losing every game and you're winning every game. Oh, and by the way, the Los Angeles Lakers are gonna be without LeBron James for quite some time. And again, the Los Angeles Lakers have been two and five. We'll see what happens in tonight's bout against the Los Angeles Clippers. But since AD has been back without LeBron, They've been two and five. And Austin, you've pointed this out, and I've shared in the group chat. Plug for the group chat. That um, Anthony Davis might be the best player in the NBA who can't be his team's best player.
1: Right. And I I agree with that. It's hard to, it's weird just when you hear it like that. But I mean, I know you, you know what the mind track I'm on there. Like he's, when he's next to LeBron, the two of them together look like, maybe one and two sometimes he, yeah. he can play so good. But when LeBron's not there and he's number one, it just doesn't work for it's. And for a, a while now, I've kind of wondered if it's just because he's a big man, because you don't see big guys lead. It's really like hard. LeBron. But I mean, Denver's doing it this year. Philadelphia's doing it this year. You see Milwaukee's done it for a couple years. They've struggled in, in the playoffs though, too, but, and they've, they've looked better than, as a number one guy than Anthony Davis has like Anthony Davis on since about four years ago even that long, I, I haven't really worried about him, you know, leading his team to an upset victory in the playoffs. I don't expect it, you know, and I wouldn't expect it with the Lakers. I mean, this is a, this is a exactly like the Pelicans team. He was on without LeBron.
0: 100%. I'm better. glad
1: you said that. That's where I was going to
0: take it because, you know, sans LeBron James on this team, Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like the New Orleans Pelicans, and right. it's not to say that um, Anthony Davis never had you know great players there. I mean, you're talking about what Drew Holiday is doing in Milwaukee, what he did in New Orleans without Anthony Davis. I mean, Drew Holiday is a tremendous player. Um, right. we, we're looking at what Julius Randle is doing in New York this season. Holy cow, like everybody wants him to be MVP this year. He's going to be the most improved player in the NBA, yes. and he's played alongside him. You know, he's he's had. You know, a, a hurt, yes. Um, Demarcus Cousin. He's had Austin Rivers. He's had competent, good NBA players on his team, mm-hmm. and he's won what one playoff series?
1: Yeah. And even in in the this, the times he does win, even when in just games he wins in the playoffs, it's an absolute struggle. I mean, he scores forty five points and they win by two or three. I feel like that's what it was always was when they won in the playoffs. He had to have he had to do everything he could possibly do to get them to win, and. It's just it, it doesn't work with him as the as the lead guy. He's he needs to be set up in his spots. I think he needs to get the ball in the right places. And I mean, there's let's be honest, there's no, almost nobody better to do that for him than LeBron. And yeah, you're
0: talking about one of the best playmakers of all time. And again, right. with Anthony Davis, Austin, he. This is not to discredit him or to say that he's a bad play. He's a tremendous, tremendous. You know, again, a, a top fifteen
1: NBA right. player. not a NBA whole lot of guys his size can can go off for fifty in any, in any given night. He definitely
0: and can. be the best defender on your team right. while doing it. He just he can't be. You know, shout out to Rashad Phillips. He's been killing in his analysts a lot lately. But you know, LeBron James is the engine on this team. He's mm-hmm. your dual, he's your dual forward. He's the engine on this team. I've been thinking about post-like. what he
1: said about that engine thing sent ever since LeBron's been out, and it's been interesting, but I feel like KCP has kind of taken over that spot, and it's mm. it was cool to see because he's like the exact same. He's a little bit smaller than LeBron, but he kind of fits the same mold. He's a lot of,
0: smaller than LeBron.
1: But, I mean, you know, he's a a, a bigger guard that you wouldn't really consider a, a, a point guard or a two, and he's, just, he's kind of stepped into the role that, You know, obviously, didn't fill LeBron's shoes. I just thought it was interesting. It made me made me think about that. That you know, and I wonder if there's this position thing. If guys can slide up and down it with with, you know if they need to, kind of thing. Well, we
0: need to have Rashad back on, and we can ask him about that. But again, Anthony Davis being this hybrid post, a la Kevin Garnett. You know, KG, great as he was, you know, didn't have a heck of a whole lot of success being the team's best guy. Goes to Boston. And life's made a little bit easier when you have a guy like Ray Allen and Paul Pearson, Rajon Rondo and Kendrick Perkins and a James Posey. And you get all these great players alongside you Sam Cassell and Eddie House, you know, Leon Powell, Glenn Davis,
1: you know, with with Rondo, like we say it all the time. You know, there's guys that aren't that great on a losing team, but you put them with a a winning team and a bunch of good players. Look how great they are. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what Anthony Davis is. He's just one of the great players, too.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. But again, Austin, it's a uh, you know a little bit of panicking going on in the you know
1: La La Land, and the Lakers need to panic if LeBron's not not healthy. But other than that, I don't think they could possibly care less what position they finish in the playoffs. I don't. And really
0: I almost want. I don't want them out of the playoffs. I want to make this clear first because I don't want anyone to hear this and be like this clown. I want them in the playoffs. I don't think that the playoffs would be better without them. But Austin, how how cool would it be to obviously, you know, if everything is right, everything's humming and clicking again, they got to get their injuries right. And they also have some chemistry stuff to build on with some of the additions that they've made in the offseason that they still haven't had a whole heck of a lot of time to play with each other and in the buyout market with Andre Drummond. But how cool would it be to see the Lakers
1: in Utah or Phoenix in the first round of the playoffs? that would be wild. Well, f- imagine if they had to play the Warriors in the play That'd be yes. a fun fun scenario. You know, Steph versus LeBron for a spot in the playoffs.
0: Because uh, everyone complains about the competitiveness of the first round mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You know, everyone, right. they're like, okay, so everyone wins. Say you so like, get yeah. past
1: that hurdle. Then you got LeBron and the Lakers versus, you know, this jazz team that is trying to be, you know, one of these teams that comes around every decade or so that doesn't necessarily have that number one big name guy that can win it all. And, or, you know, Chris Paul, who's you know never won a title and doesn't is comes, by some people not considered a winner for that, which is crazy because it, he's, he gets hurt or he's had you know other things happen, but he wins everywhere he goes. So you'd love to see him have a chance to to win a ring, and he's got to play LeBron in round one. Oof, you yeah. know that'd be be wild. He's been first in the boat, buddy,
0: hundred percent. But Austin, yeah. we're up against it. We're gonna close out for our um, Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio, but I just want to encourage everyone who wants to hear about our award criteria. We're gonna be breaking down some of the news that came out with the way that the certain players are gonna be able to be Lots voted to be in pitty. for all NBA teams. You know, certain team, certain players are gonna be allowed to play multiple positions. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are gonna be allowed to be forwards and centers. You know, Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler are gonna, and Kawhi Leonard are gonna be guards and forwards. Um, certain players such as Clint Capella and Giannis can only be their positions. Um, Zion Williamson can only be a forward. And we're going to talk about how crazy that is. And we're going to give you um, a whole bunch of logic and reasoning behind it. We're not just going to be giving conjecture. We got facts in front of us. Oh, and we're going to be talking about how Russell Westbrook got snubbed for Eastern Conference Player of the Month. And if you want to
1: hear more about that. Uh, even I've, if you got know, a, I've got a lot to say yet, so you guys don't want to miss it.
0: Austin is gonna unload on this Russell Westbrook discussion. He's about mm-hmm. to open up a can of you know what. But before well, we let's at least go, one
1: hot take. So uh,
0: and this will be a hot take. All right, so there we go. So before we let y'all go, we want to let you guys know that you could get 20% off and free shipping with code BTG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BTG unlock your confidence and as always use the right tools for the job with manscape. And we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in on the nothing but net channel here on dash radio. If you want to follow me or Austin, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Look up BTG NBA pod. We're there for all three of those things. And on all of those pages, you can find our individual links, our links to off the ball network, go to off the for all your sports
1: needs. Austin, say something nice to the people. Well, you know, it's we work hard, but the reason if you go on Twitter and just search BTG, our show is the first one that comes up now, is because you you guys you know follow the show. So thank you everybody for listening. Um, we're we're gonna try to keep bringing you more and better content all the time, and keep working hard and doing our best. So we'll be here, and we hope you are too.
0: That's all we can do. So on behalf of the breaking the game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, on behalf of the Off the Ball Network, we have been breaking the game. We will catch up with you guys next time. Come look us up anywhere podcasts are available for this continued discussion. Search breaking the game. We'll catch up with y'all there. Much love everybody. Have a good one. All righty. Righty. So Austin, we are here on the podcast now on breaking the game and we have had a great show, man. We've talked about LeBron James and Luca and Mark Cuban complaining about the playing tournament. We've talked about coaching rumors between Terry Stotts and Nate Bjorkren. And now we have come to the moment where we're going to get into a subject that you're super passionate about, followed by a subject that I'm super passionate mm-hmm. about. And it's like, we're we're just getting started with the whole brand new show right. here.
1: Before, I, before we get too heated here, can I ask you a question about something earlier in the show? You can ask me anything. So bro. we were talking about how the Portland Trailblazers get better. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, what if they did trade Damian Lillard? Where would you want to see him go?
0: LA. I think LA, LA would be good because we were talking about how AD can't be the best player on right? your team. Yeah, good point. Um, good point LeBron James is winding down. Apparently, he's never gonna be LeBron James again based off of this injury. He's on a so leg
1: for the rest of his career.
0: He's just a hobbled old man.
1: He is old. I'm not trying to like say Dude, that. I he mean I, I remember ankle sprains being awful when I was 15. I'm sure it's pretty bad. If I if I ever did enough Exercise and physical activity to sprain my ankle. Now I can't imagine how long I'd be out. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, but Austin, um, I'm ready
1: for you to unload
0: on this topic I'd, because I'm all we kind of ready to go. We on the Off the Ball Network at large are a New York Knicks you know, friendly mm-hmm. space. And um, you, and so before you even unload, I just want to give you praise that you have been a supporter of the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, on this show a heck of a lot longer than me took me a long time to come around I'm even admitting now that Julius Randall is and deserves to be the most improved player of the year based on Jeremy Grant missing too much time so okay. before you even get going on this I want everyone who's listening and watching to know that Austin Carr is a friend of the New York Knicks 100%. so Austin Julius Randall was awarded as Eastern Conference Player of the Month playing very well he played he mm-hmm. averaged 27.1 points per game nine rebounds per game, 6.3 assists per game, while the Knicks have had the Eastern Conference best record at 11-4. and four. Now, Austin, fun fact, he is the first Knicks since Carmelo Anthony in 2014 to earn the award. Um, this argument is passable and in some people's eyes justifiable for Julius Randle to get this, but you're about to make a case that Russell Westbrook may have had one of the best months in NBA history. Floor is yours.
1: Okay, so I hate that Julius Randle had to have this, you know, great of a month, this exact month. It had that it just happened to be him. And and it sucks because I'm a big Julius Randle fan. You read those numbers off 27, 9, and 6, and and that's a that's a player of the month stat line right there, especially best record in the East. But are you kidding me? Russell Westbrook had 14 triple doubles. 14 triple doubles in a month. He's one behind in a month what second place, which is Jokic, has for the season. He's real, real close to breaking the all-time record, which I remember vividly saying out loud that that record would never be broken before Westbrook's career, you know, when I was probably in high school and never thought it would. Never thought that the the triple-double average for a season was something that would ever even be Sniffed. I don't think he would ever even come close to it. I thought, well, it was so far long ago, and read about the league and how many teams there were, and how ahead of his time Robertson was. That, well, that's all that was. It was just an aberration, and that'll never happen. And he just Russell goes Westbrook goes out there and does it w- with ease. It seems like now this is his fourth season. Ha- less than halfway through the first quarter of of the game against the Pacers the other night. He had, I think, five assists, four rebounds, and like two points in like the first four minutes of the game. I mean, he, he's close to there's nights where he could almost push it and get a triple double in a quarter. It's just unreal. And I'm not here for people saying, oh, he's stat padding because there's other, there's a lot of guys that are really worried about their stats in the NBA. And if they could get a triple double every game, they would. I mean, but also, no, bad this, teams.
0: The, the story is though that if other players, wanted or cared enough
1: to average a triple double that a number of them could go out and do what Russell Westbrook is doing. I I don't believe that for a second, because I think there's a plenty of guys think about, think about how much money is involved. Even if, even if you take out winning or or success, Uh, stats equal a a big time payday in the NBA. And if you could sit there and point to 40 triple doubles in a season, you're going to get paid. Mm. And that's what, you know, you either want to win titles or you want to get rich and famous or you can want both and there can be other things, but those are the two kind of driving things with a lot of people in the NBA and you, or you want to go down as one of the greatest ever. And I don't know how people knock a guy who's focused on statistical dominance because he wants to be the best and is going out there getting rebounds, which you know how I feel about how valuable rebounding is. Yes. Setting up his teammates for easy baskets And scoring. You know, he's not a ball hog because he's averaging over 13 assists a game the last month.
0: He just put up 20 assists the other night and 20 rebounds. He became
1: the first player ever with two 20 assists, 20 rebound games in his career. Mm -hmm. He was tied with Wilt Chamberlain as the only player to have one, and now he's got two. (laughs) And thinking about wilt chamberlain the stuff that he does and, and the stats that he has in the record books it sounds like he was an alien that came out of the sky and the, the <laughs> beginning of basketball and he was so much better than everybody it was insane but who knows so maybe, maybe bill Russell. Him. maybe they didn't appreciate him as as much as they should have the way people don't appreciate rush as much, russ as much as he should they should i am like i hear these comparisons and no offense to these guys but he is he's his, his career and I think as a player, he's he's significantly better than guys like Damian, a guy like Damian Lillard. And I hear people all the time, in, in when they're comparing them, people take Lillard because he, he contributes to winning more. Is a lot of the arguments I hear. How how do you how, When Russ gets a triple double, his teams win. When they when he doesn't, they lose most most of the time. Especially the first year he did it. They won like they won almost every single game that he had a triple-double. And he they barely squeaked into the playoffs. And he he was all because of him. And they say, oh, well, he shoots your team out of a game. Your team wouldn't have been in that game in the first place if it weren't for the, you know, the 14 assists that he had and the 27 points. And the only thing he can't really do offensively well is shoot from from out. And and he gets hot sometimes from mid-range, and it's like unbelievable how many shots he'll hit in a row and then other nights he can't hit the broadside of a barn but he's still at 32 years old or however old he is as a point guard he's he's got size but he's not huge he just goes right in on everybody he's a force gets downhill and nobody can stop him still to this day and it's it it's mind-boggling to me that he wasn't the player of the month after he set the record for triple doubles in a month and his team won a bunch of games. Six weeks ago, they were in last place, and they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, and it's because of him. Bradley Beal was there all year healthy, and they didn't do a thing. Russell was hurt, and I think he's, he's completely healthy now because he looks like Russell Westbrook again. First half of the season, I thought he might be, you know, Coming towards where he, the point of his career, he might be done because I feel like with him when it when he hits that reaches that cliff, he's just going to fall right off of it because his athleticism is why he's so you know dominant right now. But I just I I don't know what he's ever done wrong that people don't like him that he he doesn't really get nearly as much credit as he deserves. I think. It's one he of he doesn't take
0: flat. He doesn't take flack from you know, right. media.
1: We're gonna miss him when he's gone so much more than people really understand and think about in twenty years. When you're telling you know twenty years when your kids have kids, maybe Stephen, you're gonna be telling your grandkids like, "Oh man, you could, yeah, didn't you can't imagine what Russell Westbrook was like." And they're gonna think about that the way we thought about Oscar Robertson. Oh well, whatever that was so long ago. You know, yeah, that'll know, that yeah, that'll never happen again. It'll never happen. We need to appreciate it, and it's exactly what you said. Steph Curry is cute and cuddly and it's big, bad Russ. You know, he's out here yelling and growling at everybody and wants to, you know, get into it with everybody. And he doesn't take anything from anybody. And he rubs some people the wrong way. He's a but dog, has he, man. Has he ever really had a scandal or done anything actually wrong? I can't think of a single thing that he's ever done. wrong. Not really. And you and never heard a bad thing about him as a teammate at all. The only bad thing I ever heard anyone say about him was Katie said he couldn't shoot. and and, i mean that's not a a secret so he's a a world-renowned his leadership and his effort and everybody talks about how when you know russ set the tone in practice in oklahoma city and everybody followed in line with him so uh, you can't knock the guy for just really anything in terms of what he does on on or off a basketball court he tries
0: too hard maybe like that's about it
1: I don't know. I, I guess if if I had a guy that could go out and get me fifteen assists every night, fifteen points, and he's going to crash the boards, am I trying to take the ball out of his hands to to spread the stats around? Why would I do that? He can do everything that he can do everything that a, a team that doesn't have a guy like this has to get a rebound, pass it to an outlet guy, get somebody open down the court, and two, three passes to try to get a fast break. Russ can grab it off the rim and in three seconds be on the other end of the court and dunking it on you. So why not? Or putting the other team in foul trouble. Exactly. Or passing so it out to an open shooter. So
0: here we go, Austin. Now, my least, my my favorite, least favorite thing that is being said about any sort of individual accolade at all is team right. success. Somehow ties into player of the month. Now I'm, I'm getting so fed up, Austin, of team success being the like you can't be player of the week. You know you can't be you know you can't earn you know the NBA cares award now with depending on your team record. Um, I started joking around in our, in our group chat like um, I believe it was Josh Hart the other day posted about you know pineapples don't belong on pizza and I was put in the group chat like is this opinion valid even though that his team's in 12th place in the Western conference right now? Like winning is important, obviously overall for the point of the game, but you know what you get for winning in the, in the regular season, Austin, what do you get? You get home court advantage in the playoffs, right? That that's, that's your reward. Like that's what you get for
1: winning. Um, you know how you get to where you, you become a winner, Steven. How's that? You have to have some good young players on teams that aren't winning first. That's how they start winning. Usually. You know, Don't tell point. anybody. So, so you can't have a good... Basically, it sounds like you're telling me you can't have a good player and uh, be a, a team that's not winning, right?
0: Well, and so, Austin, hear me out, because the reason I even bring this up is because, uh, yes, again, in our group chat, people were saying, but, oh, but the, the Knicks were winning. The Knicks were winning. Um, the Knicks, yes, they did have the best record, okay? Um, but Julius Randers' stats pale in comparison. I'm sorry. They pale in comparison, to averaging a triple-double on good efficiency, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to point to winning, I would like to also point out that <laughs> that the Wizards won just as many games that month that's as bad. the Knicks. They just happened to play one more game than them for the month and lost that extra game. So instead of going 11-4, they were 11-5, and five, but apparently that's enough to negate averaging a triple-double. I don't understand... Uh, It's again like some media outlets and I'm not trying to make this like a New York Knicks bash session. And again, I know that you aren't either because you're pro Mm Nick. It's the New York media and the the influence that they have, especially when they're playing well over a team like D.C., you know, like what type of media presence do they have? Like, you know, Ben Goliver writes for The Washington Post, you know, and he's been on the show. He's you know, we've interviewed him, but he's based out of L.A. So, like their bet, their most well known writer doesn't even live in the area. You know, the best Knicks writers live in the city. They have a beat on the the fan base and, you know, they have their own following and people love them. And there's, so of them. Th- there's a million of them. You know, Frank, we listen to Frank Asola in the morning. He's like kind of a Nick and Nets guy. Right. But um, it's just crazy to me that you lose one less game, but you've won just as many games as the Wizards, but you want to. Point to the fact that well, the Knicks are winning, that's why Julius Randle won player of the month. Like, we're talking about player of the month. Why <laughs> Steam success? The derivative fact, like, who the, in
1: this calendar month was the best player is all it really should matter. How who hello, played the best not who <laughs> team won the most and that's most valuable player. I
0: understand that winning plays an aspect of that, but most improved player doesn't and matter. You
1: can, you can argue, oh, you know, the Knicks are winning, so Randall is contributing to winning. Well, Westbrook's winning with a roster that's not even as good as the Knicks roster. So, No, I mean, not at it's all. It's an argument that's just pointless.
0: And I got to the point to where I saw that Anthony Edwards, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, but I, I kind of mean it. When Anthony Edwards was like, oh, he won't won Rookie of the Month, I'm like, well, how can that be when Jalen Smith plays for the Phoenix Suns? Right. Now, granted, he only averages four minutes per game. But, I mean, man, his impact of winning, you know, he he practices against DeAndre Ayton. His impact to DeAndre Ayton in practice is apparently translating out to the court. Look at where the Suns were last year without him compared to this year with Jalen Smith. I mean, come Ohio, on. He's
1: in Utah, same situation. I mean, hello, you know, here we go. So, belong in the, in the conversation, don't they?
0: if winning is the main factor we can we can get stupid with it and i don't want to but i'm just saying like we need to dial back that the winning is the most important thing to every single little award because right. what you get when you win is home court advantage if you get extra all-star votes or all you know all-star nods i don't agree with that but that to me that's okay i, I can i can live with that but if you're if you're critiquing player of the month with winning like Come on, you lost one more game than the Knicks, so you right. averaging a triple double isn't as big of a deal as you averaging 27, 9 and 6, which again is great. I don't want to hate on Julius Randle. It's just that I'm I'm getting a little tired of the narrative and the and standards. Again, that's why I kind of named mm-hmm. this episode Standards in
1: the NBA also. Well, it's kind of interesting that you used the word standards because I really wish and think that the NBA needs to create standards for these awards. Like come out and clarify what the criteria is and, and which awards team success matters more for and doesn't. I, I think that would be really nice because from one year to the next, the argument for who should win the MVP and why completely changes. One year, it's because we've never seen a 36-year-old do this before. And the next year, it's because it's this guy did it single-handedly. He was the only star on his team. and He took his team. Look how good they were. And then the couple of years with Giannis, it's it's really how I feel like it should be. This the best player, you know, statistically he's been the best player for two years. And there's just a lot of different ways people take MVP, and the ambiguity kind of sucks anymore. It used to be kind of fun and cute, but the, the older I get, the more it's like, I would like to know how <laughs> this is supposed to go. And am I am I supposed to think this guy won for this set of reasons or this set of reasons? Because it would just clarify so much. And then I don't really like awards being part of contract incentives either. Preach, I, think, dude. I think that's weird too, because it's voted on by a bunch of other people. And Hey, if they voted on you now, you can make $20 million more than you could if they didn't vote on you. For, or for Clay Thompson,
0: things. not being an all NBA team member missed out on a, right. a like, hefty pay raise. Exactly. And,
1: and, and if you replace two or three of the voters with somebody else who look who looks at it differently, and this guy just made a ton more money, I think it should be based off of like statistics and and percent and how many games you play and things like that. Things and it depends on ball. the
0: award. It depends on the award. For most improved mm-hmm. player, it doesn't matter. It's where you were last season or your whole okay. career prior to last season compared to this season. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like. Who who wins in a one on one contest between the, all the candidates?
1: That's not. I mean, when <laughs> Oladipo improved. won came over to the Pacers, I think he won Most Improved Player, or he was in the running. I don't know for sure if he won, but the Pacers weren't good. Like they they made might have made the playoffs, but his team did. His team didn't get better from one year to the next, or win a bunch of games. So you're saying he shouldn't have been in the in the running for Most Improved Player, even though he went from like a a no name in Oklahoma city to the best player on his team in a very short period of time. Not a or no Devontae name. Graham last season being right. like who knew who he even was. There's to levels be. to these kinds of things. And it's, it, you don't have to, you shouldn't be putting MVP criteria on every single award. You shouldn't be putting, you know, first team, all NBA criteria on every single award, because all we're going to be doing is awarding the same 10 guys then over and over again.
0: Yeah. I'm with it. So, all right.
1: That was your. Um, you feel better. I got one. My I got one more thing. Okay, let's hit it. So, I just want to say that I'm going to be called crazy for this, and I know I am, but that's cool. This whole Russell Westbrook thing has got me thinking. I want to know what. What do you think of him in terms of point guard hierarchy all time, Marty? Where, where would you put him?
0: So. I'll just I'll give you my criteria so you understand. I know that criteria based on this conversation is important to you. So when I tell you this, I'm gonna let you know that I don't factor in just how great you are. Like I'm not gonna say who wins in a one on one between Isaiah Thomas and Russell Westbrook. That's not where I'm going with this. So Russell to me, he is probably I have a I have a list here. Let's see if I can even pull it
1: up without slowing it down too much. You wanna know what I think? Go ahead. I would love to I think if he, he retired right now, I would put him second all time. I don't, I can't do that. I, knew, I can't I knew, do that. I know you wouldn't. I know, but it's because it's like because solely argument.
0: of like, um, number of MVPs, finals, MVPs, all NBA teams, you know, where you like where he stands all time is as far as statistics and stuff like that go that helps him. Uh, absolutely. Like that, that's his case is his all time ranking in a number of different categories. But the way again, the way that I evaluated the way I digest the game personally, he hasn't won enough at the highest of highest levels because that if we're talking about all- time great point guards, it's, it's got to transcend skill, you know what I mean because they're all skilled. It can't just be like well he can average a like triple that. double. you like know that. it's got it's got to transcend just overall ability. It's got to be you know your the aura surrounding you as. as you know, a champion as a multiple time MVP, defensive player of the year, all NBA player, stuff like that. So that hurts him. But again, that's not, again, to slight who Russell is as, you know, one of the best in his era to ever do
1: it. Right. So my thing is what I don't understand is the, the difference in the way people talk about an Oscar Robertson who won one, I think one title, Mm -hmm. maybe he might've, I think he won one, he might've won two, but played, before 90% of the people having this argument were even born and (laughs) he's almost regularly at least considered in the top 15 conversation.
0: I'm pulling up my rankings right now. And And again, these aren't finalized because
1: I've been editing them throughout the season. I don't think most people would, would even consider putting Russ up there, but I'm going to be honest.
0: I don't even think I have him top 10 right now, but again,
1: I'm editing my stuff throughout the year. So I'm just saying like he's, he he's got an mvp award he's been mm-hmm. to the finals he's w- had a winning record almost every year of his career he's unbelievably yeah. statistic wise and you know
0: he's 54 and 52 in the playoffs so that's his he?
1: playoff record yeah yeah him and katie probably underachieved a little bit in terms of ability together in the playoffs and i get the arguments believe me i'm not saying yeah. it's, a, it's a open and shut case and you can't convince me that your opinion on it is just as good or your guy is just as good. But I think personally for me, it's, and I might get killed for this again too. I think it's going to be Steph Curry and then Russ all time when they retire for me. That's just my personal feeling. So right
0: now I have him overall amongst everyone. I have him 52nd all time among all positions.
1: Ooh, man, I did definitely have him at the, I mean, without even thinking about the guys, I'd have him top 50.
0: Well again I'm I'm working on it so he he's probably going to bump up but you know I'll I'll just I'm not going to read them all but you know I have him underneath Willis Reed, Hal Greer, Reggie Miller, Paul Pierce, Clyde Drexler. I'm scrolling here. David Robinson, Gary Payton, um John Havlicek. Those
1: guys you were saying are behind?
0: behind. Behind. Oscar Robertson, Moses Malone, name? Bill Russell, obviously MJ. But guys I have him ahead of, Right, So um, James Harden, George Gervin, Rick Barry, Dwight Howard, Chris Weber, Kevin McHale, um, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Dennis Rodman, Matumbo, um, Alonzo Mourning, Tiny Archibald, Chris Mullin. So right.
1: great players behind him, great players in front of him. And I'm not going to sit here and cry, oh, poor Russ. You know, like <laughs> nobody nobody cares about him and he look how good he is and nobody thinks that I know he's good. I know the names you're naming off are all timers and any team beyond that list is great, but – I just feel like this is one of those situations where we're not going to really appreciate either. We're not going to appreciate or it wasn't as important as it's going to seem like it was in 40 or 50 years, because it sounds to me like Oscar Robertson had one of the most incredible careers and impactful seasons in NBA history. And maybe it just wasn't the case at the time because they didn't really, you know, they didn't really talk about him like they do, you know, Kareem and I mean, I mean, Will and uh, Russell, they talk about him a lot, but not quite like those guys. So maybe it's just that kind of situation that it, it because he didn't win a lot or just was never on like one of these all time teams that it's not as important historically as it's going to sound in 50 years. I just feel like, man, I never thought I'd be in a situation in the NBA where I'm seeing something that it hit me in, in real time. Like this is never going to happen. Like, and I just feel like that's where we're at with him.
0: And again, he's rarefied there. Like he's gonna have it. That's feels Steph like he, too. yeah, it feels like he needs his own little category almost.
1: If as, you flip flop those two guys and you put Russ on those on those Warriors teams, he may not win the first title, but he's winning those two with KD there.
0: I mean, he's had KD on a team. Granted, they were younger, so I, I'm it, just
1: saying. I'm just saying. If you switch for those three years, I think he wins two of two of those three for sure. And, and who knows?
0: I think but, it's really difficult to. I mean, obviously, there's conjecture and speculation, mm-hmm. and you know, opinion, and the way you observe the game. Um, that's all in there. I'm kind of surprised you
1: had Gary Payton that high. I, I mean, I could, I could give you, I could give all you reasoning. It. All but, for it. Uh, yeah. I, bl- I trust your, I trust your judgment. It's just <laughs> surprising when they hear I have them pretty high. Most people, I feel like, don't really.
0: That's okay. I mean, not every, not everybody shares the same opinion, but um, I
1: know. I was just curious. It's interesting. Yeah. So I'll let you get awesome. into your get into your uh, your this, thing here, Stephen. I'm excited to see you get, get going. I mean
0: it's it, as much as I can get going, right? right. So um, yeah. I'm gonna label this award standards and I just found it so funny. And I knew at some point I was gonna deep dive into this and not agree with certain aspects of it, but before I do that, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um so I found out today on Twitter via Howard Beck, who is very plugged into the league. Um, you know he got it that certain players are going to be able to be voted in multiple positions now and some players that I'm going to name have had that ability too but we're getting into more of this almost positionless basketball for all NBA votes and just to kind of throw it out there already I just wish that they would get rid of the positions already because rewards especially because right now it's they're kind of it looks like they're crawling that way and I'm just getting into it Austin so um, Right now, it's been put out that Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green are all eligible to play both or to be voted as both center and forward for All NBA teams. So for people who don't know the way All NBA. Nope. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get I into that. that. Nope. So again, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green. They're all able to be voted in as center or forward. Now, this is significant because the way that the All-NBA teams work for now is that you vote two guards, two forwards, and a center, and you have three All-NBA teams. So now they're kind of making it to where certain players can be voted in for multiple positions. Now, as far as the guards slash forward people who are eligible for both are Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, and Devin Booker. Again, they're all eligible to be voted in as guards or forwards. Now, for the restrictions, Austin. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Zion Williams are only eligible to be voted in as forwards. And Rudy Gobert and Clint Capella are only eligible to be voted in as centers. So the way that this comes across to me when I first read this is like, okay, the NBA obviously wants certain players to be at certain spots and they want certain players to be all NBA first teams. And they're just saying it without saying it here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read this, I was like, okay, I can't just let this sit at face value. I mean, Austin, you know me well enough. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but why, why are certain players able to be voted in multiple positions? And after doing research i've come to the determination that it's because they just look like they can right because there's no substantial evidence that you can point to and we're about to point to some that you can point to and say this this player has earned the opportunity to be v- be able to be voted in at multiple positions in order to make an all-star birth so or an all-nba sure. birth excuse the me all
1: nba 3 teams mean you're the one of the three best players at that position right or I guess if it's guard and forward so six. Yeah, right? so
0: basically there's three levels. Um two guards, two forwards and a center all the way through. So there's three centers available. There's six forwards and six guards, right? So
1: so they're basically saying that Joel Embiid could be voted as one of the top 3 power forwards in the NBA this year. No,
0: just forwards.
1: Oh, forwards, forwards, yeah.
0: That's in that's top grouped in with forwards. small forwards.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, okay, that doesn't, that's ridiculous. Go
0: ahead. You want to get into ridiculous, Austin. I'm going to read through some of these Um, per, this is per cleaning the glass, which is a website that I love. Um, You hear me plug synergy a lot. I also love cleaning the glass. They log how many minutes and a percentage associated with that, that a player plays multiple positions. So not only do they just keep, you know, your traditional counting stats and stuff like that, but they keep where they are in percentile and certain statistics like turnover ratio, turnover percentage, you know, you know, yada, 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 all that fun Ooh. stuff. They also keep up with how many minutes and the percentage associated with those minutes that a player has played every position, not just the ones that they've played, but even if they haven't played a position, right? So Joel Embiid has played zero minutes at point guard Austin. Right. Which is grouped in with shooting guard, so that would be guard eligible. Obviously, right. Joel is not going to be that, but just for an instance. So, however, Joel Embiid is eligible as a forward. Right. Joel Embiid has played one percent of his entire season at power forward, zero at small forward. That,
1: that, yeah. So, but he he can be one of the six best forwards. Okay? But he could
0: be one of the six best forwards in the NBA. Nikola Jokic has played one percent of his time this season at power forward. Anthony Davis this is going to be one of the bigger variations that we're going to get into, has played 11% of his time at center. So in relation to what we're seeing with the other centers, you would like, okay, 11% is bigger than 1%. So yeah, that works. I'm not a big fan of that standard. Bam Adebayo has played 1% of his time as a forward. Carl anthony Towns has played 9% of his time as a forward. And Draymond Green has played. Now, this one makes sense. Draymond Green has played 57% of his time at power forward. 43% 43% of his time at center. I buy that. That's a good There's split. Won.
1: That's one so far. That's There's a people. good split.
0: All right, so Rigo Bear, who can only be voted in as a center, has played 100% of his minutes at center. Totally fine with that. Right. Now, Clint Capella has played 99% of his time at center. He has also played 1% of his time, just like Joel Embiid, Nikola Yo- Jokic, and Bam Adebayo. He has played 1% of his total minutes at power forward, not eligible to be voted in as a forward. See the inconsistency there. Right. Um, Devin Booker, who is eligible to be voted in as a guard and a forward, has only played 6% of his time at a forward position. I'm surprised it's that high. Zach Levine has only played 6% of his time as a forward. He has played shooting guard and has also played 9% of his time at point guard. Ben Simmons, this one shocked me, Austin. A hundred percent of his minutes. What position do you think that Ben Simmons has played? A hundred percent of his minutes. I mean, I would have to. I just have since
1: it's a hundred percent. I gotta say point guard because I've seen him. Yes. as a point guard.
0: Hundred percent. But he's that, eligible to be voted. Surprising. He. Yeah, I was shocked. So he has played a hundred percent of his time at point guard, but is eligible to be voted in as a forward without playing any exclusive minutes there. Huh. Jimmy Butler has played 1% of his time as a guard, as those will be voted in as both. Paul George has played 18% of his time at guard, so a little bit higher, but still. Mm-hmm. I, I, because it's relative, you're almost grading on a
1: curve. You're like, okay, yeah. well, 18%, you got to put him in there. That's still not a lot of time. This two-position this two thing in other sports is like for the couple guys that play like 50-50, like Draymond, yeah. that's
0: it. So how about this? Kawhi Leonard, who is eligible be to be voted in as a guard has played 0% of his time at the point guard or shooting guard, but he can be a guard though. You can vote him as a guard.
1: Well, he looks, he, he's about the same size as his teammate, Chris Paul, or I mean, Paul George, who's played. Exactly, he played looks like, like he, he, he looks he's like he could good. be a guard, right? So
0: um, Chris Middleton has only played 2% of his time at guard. He's played 65% at the three, 32% at the four. How about this Austin, 1% of his time at center. Yeah. By the, some of these guys' logic. Center, he, though, yeah, no, he can't be a center. That um, sense. LeBron James has only played 16% of his time as a guard, is able to be voted in as a guard or a forward. Huh. Jason Tatum has played only 3% of his time as a guard, able to be both. Now, listen, Jalen Brown has played 36% of his time at the 250. 6% of his time at the yeah, three Brad kind of isn't in between. I, I, I buy that one. If you're, if you're flirting with like 30%, okay. I think that's kind of like my threshold for, for tolerance. Me too. So Giannis who can only be voted in as a forward has played 2% of his time at the three 86% of his time at the four. But how about this? Austin, 12% of his time, at the five, which is greater than what
1: AD has played at the five is greater than like half the guys you just named that are allowed to play other positions.
0: Anthony Davis can be voted in as a forward or center, but not Giannis, even though he's spent more of his time at the center position than, than Anthony Davis. Right. And this is the last one. This is the last one. Anthony or excuse me, Zion Williamson can only be voted in as a forward. He's played 1% at the two, 10% at the three, 85% at the four and 4% at the five. So, again, it, it
1: sounded like eventually they're going to have him bringing the ball down the court if they're, get to their, with their wish. That's what I've heard. What the heck?
0: Again, dude, so how can you justify any of this logic other than the NBA just pulling it out from where the sun doesn't shine and saying that this dude looks like he can play here, but we don't like the way this dude plays, so he can only be restricted
1: to these areas. Well, if they were going off of – I kind of thought that too, but but Draymond, if he weren't 50-50, would be weird because he doesn't really look like a center, and, and, and so that would kind of throw that one out. But when we know that really, he plays 50. it. I know, but it just – there's no rhyme or reason to it. And really. he's not
0: going to be voted in anyway. It's no. so like the there's one no, guy no, – no
1: rhyme <laughs> to, this, to this coming out other than – some guy looked at it, and they were sitting there thinking, "Okay, these are the guys that we need to get in these spots, and how do we make this happen?" And that's why this whole idea that sports are rigged in any kind of way is silly to me. Because the NBA, if the NBA was actually did this to try to make sure certain guys could get on these all, all on one of these three teams, they didn't even try to hide it. They didn't even try to act. I like think Justin they
0: did, though. I wholeheartedly it. think like, well, why would LeBron? At it. Why would
1: Kawhi Leonard be eligible to be voted in as a guard? Right. So, and spent zero they could time cover there. up the, uh, uh, you know, a, a game that was fixed. No way in the world. Somebody would figure it out in five minutes. How many but,
0: fans do you think would independently research, like, like how we did, Austin?
1: Um, uh, enough to, to cause an issue. And I, but it's all NBA awards, and you, were, you and I are two of the few people that are going to care this much about it. Yeah. But I just don't think that the, I mean, what else? What's the other explanation? At least have it be somewhat logical. It's not at all. Not it's let they, they, You show me that list that you had. And there's guys that the percentages are identical, and one can do this, and one can do this, and, and one can't. And then Giannis <laughs> has, has isn't a center. I mean, if he spent more time at center than Anthony Davis, if Kawhi Leonard plays as a guard. Giannis can be a center. Giannis should be able to be a guard. They shouldn't even have it for awards. It should be the five best guys get the most. Thank
0: you. To. If you're and and that's where I'm getting at, because last season when we did our um, end of season awards and I kept Anthony Davis off my team, it was because that he won says that he does not want to be a center. He doesn't like playing that position. That's just him. Right. And then when you looked at his splits, he didn't, in my opinion, play enough at center.
1: Hmm?
0: So but no, he didn't. His own Absolutely his own words against him and and his own play against him. I kept Why him he- on the second team. But why everyone else was it? like, let him be a center because he can probably play the center. That's not the criteria where yeah. it
1: hasn't been. I don't know. I don't know. What not the to mention is. that if, if it's like, if there's three positions and it's the top six and two of them in the top three and one, why are they even naming most of these guys and where they can be voted as? Because like, we're talking about 15 guys and they named some guys that don't even have a chance. Like why even bring it up? If it's going to be this stupid and controversial, if, they're, you know they're not going to be in it. Make it that way, but don't like advertise it. When the
0: guy get, that has the best case in Draymond Green to say, it makes the most sense that he can be voted in as a forward or a center, mm-hmm. but he has no chance of being voted in. Like He's oh, yeah. the one guy you can point to that has any sort of logic behind him being able to be voted in at multiple positions, but he has no shot, dude. He is not going to be an All-NBA
1: player. No, he doesn't. Man, I don't know. I, I think that the whole idea of you can only have two guards but and two forwards, but you can only have one center. Like We've, we've got three centers that are probably going to be the top three in whatever order you prefer. And Unless so,
0: one of them is voted in at a four because you don't want to discredit think their season. going to get
1: voted in as a forward because why else would they even make that designation? Oh, Jokic can pass, so he's not just a center because centers can't pass. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I think I think, I think okay. that I think we'll see I think we'll see Embiid and Jokic on a team together. I yeah. don't know if it's going to be first team. I mean, it, it almost has to be will. if they're going to if they're going to be on a team
1: together, it has to be the first team. Because Jokic is only going to win the MVP if he does because Embiid got hurt. So if if they're both there at the end of the year, you can't have them not both on the first team, can you? If they're both in. So like a few years ago, when Paul George I think finished third in MVP voting, you could have made the case that LeBron, KD, and, and Kawhi Leonard were three of the next four best players in the NBA when Paul George could have been in there. The top the first the first team all NBA team so some years could be all like wing players, could be all point guards. Yeah. You know, why does it matter? They're and not going out and playing in a tournament. You don't need the best five that play the best together. You're just talking about the five best players.
0: And that's where I think that they're going, Austin. I think that they are slowly. I don't know why they don't just rip off the band aid. Right. But I think that they're slowly getting it to And yeah, Austin,
1: Dion's only in year two. He has to wait a little longer.
0: And Austin, isn't it fitting that they made it to where more centers could get in this season right? because of where they stood in the MVP conversation.
1: Let's just say that the big man's extinct. I thought,
0: yeah. yeah. So let's just say that one of them don't have a season. Do you think, you know, like let's just say one of them didn't exist for this year. And only one of them had a great season. It, pick pick who I don't care. It's for this. he never came match. back from his
1: injury. he Ruff- never
0: Ruff- comes Ruff- back Ruff- from Ruff- his Ruff- injury. Yeah. So Jokic, is the only center that can that has a shot being a, a first teamer if it's positionless, right? And that's mm-hmm. where I think if if it wasn't two centers in the MVP conversation this year, I think they go positionless. But the fact that yeah. there were two centers that had such great years, I think that they kind of had to put a stopgap in for this season.
1: I, I do too but I also think it's a little bit of people don't like change and they don't want to just they they don't want to just change something right away because it's it's the way we've always done it. I I hate, inside
0: the NBA I would just be it's shaking the way their we've always fist. done it.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not a fan of it's the way we've always done it as a reason why you do something a certain way. Why not give it a try some other way and if it's, if it's terrible, it's whatever, go back to it or change it again.
0: If you like things the way that we've always done it, go watch MLB and you can be a part of that. See why
1: they're they're in a distant third in popularity. And I mean, they don't, they don't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter to them. They still make more money than anybody. So whatever, but you know, it's just weird. they have no salary cap. I mean, if they looked at the salary cap in basketball, I could only imagine. Think about if they didn't have a salary cap in the NBA. Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a whole another
0: show. So, you get
1: $80 million show. for a one-year contract from every team in the league.
0: Yeah, LeBron James
1: <laughs> does not get paid enough. And this no. is coming
0: from someone who isn't the biggest LeBron James fan in the world. I saw a
1: thing when he left Cleveland the first time, Stephen, that the the GDP of the city of Cleveland went down like 24% or something in the first year that he wasn't there. Geez. And they talked about like how many uh restaurants that's gross domestic busy.
0: product for people who don't know. Yeah, how many
1: that. restaurants were less uh you know, had less customers how many hotels weren't as full year, you know, all year long because people were there to see LeBron and just the amount of other business that he just him being there and the Cavaliers being good just brought bleeds to over. The team. it was just unreal how much money the city lost when he left I thought yeah. that blew me away yeah
0: but again Austin um, this episode um, has been labeled standards and right. we've touched on the standards of head coaching in the NBA and what the expectation is and You know, how unforgiving the job can really be. You know, we talked about the standards of the play in tournament, the standards of the best player in the NBA complaining, you know, possibly affecting his perception among those. Get over it. You know, just get over it. The standards of an NBA governor unanimously voting for the play in tournament and now he's crying about it. The standard of how rewards are decided, how individual accolades such as player of the month are decided, Austin. So before we go, I want to give you, you know, do you have any um, parting words for, for the audience?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think our very own coach Fah kind of put it best with his, uh, his candid minute. Just don't complain about stuff. Like it it is what it is. You got to go win an extra game, go win an extra game. If you're the best player in the world or one of the best up and coming superstars. And you know, the two guys that we talked about complaining about it the most, nobody's really going to care that you're upset that you have to play an extra game and they, they really shouldn't you you know, you're, this is your job. Go do it. You know, it's, it's, they're not asking for much and the NBA is collectively bargained. They have the the league as a whole and the players have to agree on things before they can really go into effect. So at some point they had a chance to voice their negative opinion on this and, and get out of it. If they, if enough people wanted to, and it, it's, it's a horrible look, to only complain about it when you're in jeopardy of being in the play-in, such poor form because it's fun for everybody else. It's fun for <laughs> us. It's uh, the teams that are, might not might just barely squeak into that 10th spot. It's good for them. It's you know, just suck it up and play the extra game. And then and guess
0: what? This, what? The season was cut down 10 games. You right. play one more game and exactly. you still played it's less games than you season. did last
1: year. I I think a fifty game season every year would be cool, but I don't want well, to. That into might that be too now. little. I think like uh, a sixty five. Yeah, that's somewhere around there. Yeah, but and then two. I don't want to make it seem like we were, I was speaking lightheartedly at all about the thing in Indiana. It is a big deal to get, like, we're talking about a guy's job, somebody whose dream was to coach in the NBA. And it, it, you do kind of feel bad for the guy if, if it goes this bad, this early. Yeah. But, one
0: year you hardly ever see that. Like we've seen yeah. like, you know, um, your old Watson's and you know, Larry Fizdell's and her name excuse me.
1: It's, it's hard for me to say this. Cause I don't really want to ever say anybody doesn't like, shouldn't, have their job but if the things that people are saying as rumors are true he he probably should lose his job in a lot of ways there he's I've heard some some troubling stuff that you know it's from a guy who has a friend that works for the Pacers so who knows how yeah. reliable it is I'm not breaking any news here or a little
0: telephone game you know it,
1: yeah but it looks like the team's given up on him I mean the Pacers are not as bad as they've looked recently. And it's no, not even a better roster beat all than the they were are getting beat all the time or they're getting just blown out. They just, they don't look like they care. And that's the worst thing to me, I think you can have for a team that had, you know, a deep playoff run was what their goal was this year. And yeah. they're not going to get close. You know, they've got all-star level players. Really, if they're healthy, they've got three or four guys that are, are right either at that level or just below it. And it's just, it's frustrating to see. So I just didn't want, I wanted to clarify and make sure nobody thought I was trying to joke about a guy losing his job or anything, or that it wasn't a big deal because it, it does suck all the way around, but it looks, it looks pretty bad. So.
0: Yeah. And, um, for anyone who does not know Austin, the way that I do, he doesn't have, you know, an ill will towards anybody, you know, professionally, that's not his uh, angle. So um, maybe Aaron
1: Rodgers, but not really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That we're not covering the NFL, so you can say whatever you want about the NFL. So <laughs> But um Austin, I know you, I know that you didn't mean anything ill will, but I you know, I do understand that you know stepping forward and saying that. But um as for myself, I just wanna let everyone know that um Off the Ball Network, breaking the game, is a great place to be. We got great things going on. Please go to off the for all of your sports needs. We've got NFL draft coverage stuff up there. Our buddy, Couch Coach Live, just put up his draft grades for each team and the best player and the worst player that was drafted. And it wasn't just like, okay, um, Michael Parsons was drafted, so he's going to be the best player. There was a little bit of value that went into his analysis as well. And uh, he just did a show with our, our buddy, Jeff Hunt, to discuss his, you know, basically to explain himself and why he had players the way he did. It was a great show. Um, we got a lot of really good things going on at Off the Ball, so please go to Off OffTheBallNetwork.com for all your sports needs. Got great stuff going on the Nothing But That channel on Dash Radio. Austin, Yeah, you have something you want to add?
1: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention I just yesterday I got the opportunity to work with a couple of the newer newer members of Off the Ball Network with uh, Brian from the, the All the Hype podcast. I, he was so nice to have me on his show, and he's he's got a good thing there for sure. And then Don Juan from uh, Knicks fans wilding, you know, he's, mm. he's a lot of fun too. And that that show sounds like it's a heck of a good time for sure. So make sure you check those guys out because they're they're new, but believe me, they're they belong for sure. They're, they're they came to the right place. So
0: if they're on OffTheBallNetwork.com, you know that they're going to come correct and that they're going to know what the heck they're talking about. And our buddy yeah. Stu just released his basically draft analysis show. Um, Today and he's one of the best in the biz I mean he's our Colin Coward he can do Three hour show by himself He
1: blows me away at how much he knows About every player in, in that Draft and that stuff because if football To me it's like there's so many of them And 90% of them even If I was a big college football fan I hardly ever watched And he knows he knows Everything about every one of those guys he's great Yeah
0: seven times 32 that's how many Players that he knows about <laughs> in this Draft not counting those More who are undrafted yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up our show tonight. Just want to thank everyone who um, tuned in, who came over from the Nothing Manette channel on Dash Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to follow myself, you can follow me at Steven BTG. If you want to follow Austin on Twitter, you can follow him at AustinCartin. Yep. You can follow our show in of itself on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at NBA Pod. And again, you know, just please go over to manscaped.com, enter in promo code BTG. We'll hook you up a 20% off for free worldwide shipping. Go get that new lawnmower 4.0. It's a great product. We wouldn't steer you wrong.
1: It costs like 20 bucks to ship a, a two ounce card from Canada. So international shipping is not cheap. Go ahead and take advantage of it if you can.
0: For sure. And Austin and I, we wouldn't endorse a product that we ourselves do not use. We use it. We love it.
1: Our, I just our, sent my brother and his family a whole big package of stuff.
0: There you go, you can't beat that. So again, on behalf of the Breaking the Game Show, on behalf of the Nothing Manette channel, on Dash Radio for OffBallnetwork.com, of this has been Breaking the Game. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one.